All right, there's a lot of ways to build your business, to grow your business, right? But like our guests will tell us today, just build a good business. All right, welcome to the Field Famous Podcast brought to you by Field Routes, a show that shines a light on the field service industry and the dedicated professionals that grind every day on their journey to success. I am your host, Christopher Fasano. Before we begin, I want to remind you that the best way to receive new episodes of the Field Famous Podcast is to subscribe on your favorite pod player. That's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you go to listen to podcasts, you will find this one. So subscribe or follow as they call it now. The show is also available on video format. You can go to YouTube if you prefer to watch this interview rather than just listen. You can do that on YouTube, so subscribe on the YouTube channel. And last but not least, please leave us a five-star review and tell your friends that you're loving the show and that'll help others find the show. So our guest for today uh, on the Field Famous Podcast is Andy Deering. Andy's one of the co-owners of Service Pro, uh, which was ServeSuite, which is now ServeSuite by Field Routes. We'll get into a little bit of that evolution in a, uh, in a little bit, but he's now the general manager of ServeSuite by Field Routes and we have him with us today. Andy, welcome to the Field Famous Podcast. Hello, hello. How are we doing? Good, good. We're good. Um, so Andy and Thank I... Thank you for having me. No problem, man. Andy and I met um, at Pestworld for the first time, <laughs> and we did a little uh, we did a little sort of brief version of this interview. Um, it was fun for me because I got to learn a little bit more about Andy. I know Andy's got a, uh, a history in this, in this field service, in particular pest control, literal history, family history, and career history. So he's a, a really interesting w- guest with a lot of perspective. So why don't we start, Andy, with introducing yourself to the audience about you know who you are and and give a little context about about where you got started yeah yeah th- thank you um i started in the industry a really long time ago um today uh, i am general manager at surf suite um but originally, uh, you know, Surf Suite was was created and, and generated under the company Service Pro, yep. uh, who has now been acquired by Service Titan. Um, and Service Titan also acquired Field Routes. So now both of us, um, you know, all both software platforms are running under the Field Routes company name. So uh, long story short, uh, goodness sakes, over 25 years ago, uh, my father decided to start a software company. Um, and really where he got to that was, uh, really at the time, you know, he owned lawn care and pest control company. So he actually did the service in the field. So I grew up, me and my sister grew up around the industry. Uh, so as kids, you know, I was on a, on a truck running around, um, you know, spraying lawns, killing bugs, um, you know, doing, doing the work. And, and then when I got out of school, I actually um, worked full time and in, into the service business at that point. Okay, and uh, really, you know, I had a lot of knowledge just being a young kid around the industry. But then went full go at it. You know, in my adult career, starting out, and then we started the software thing. Uh, wrote the software to, to run our own company, and um, so really started on a very small scale uh, out of the you know, right out of the gate. At, at this point, it, it, the software didn't do much at first. And then over the years, some buddies in the industry kind of saw what we were doing. We added to it, and we decided to take it to market. Um, so it started taking off. And this is going way back. I mean, this is back like when Windows was first coming on the market. <laughs> and uh, so it was just, you know, yeah, it was a while ago. So 
Well, let me let me let me ask you this. Let me let me ask uh, the world was changing. Let me ask you this before we go because mm-hmm. there's a lot of things in there that that are, that to be interesting. So the first thing is this is in your family. Your mm-hmm. dad was doing this before there was ever thoughts of software, right? Because I imagine that was never. Like, let's get into this pest and lawn care thing so we can build the software. I imagine that wasn't the primary mm-hmm. thing your dad was thinking. So you're doing this, you're in there, you're doing the services. Yeah. And then is it is it, I think there's a better way to manage this craziness and or I think we can build something because of the knowledge we have. Was it both? What really was the driving force behind the let's look at this software piece? Yeah, good good point. It was to run our business better. Um, okay. So at, at first, I mean, it it wasn't to be a large software company or take it to market or make that our primary business. That was not where our heads were at that time. Um, he looked at other software products on the market, and at that time, th- there were products, but they were, you know, maybe DOS or like a flat file, just very primitive type situations. And Windows was hitting the market at that point, um, which really just opened up the capabilities of what you could do in a, in software in general. Right. And, uh, we took advantage of it. So we wrote it for ourselves and just as time went on, we had again, buddies in the industry and showed it to them. And then we started selling it to a few, uh, you know, a few friends went pretty well. Um, and, uh, and then he, he had the opportunity to sell that service business. Um, it had, um, multiple locations at that point, uh, the operations. And it was a, it was a very interesting time, um, back then when it come to acquisitions. Um, so it really worked his favor. So he says, you know, I think I'm going to take this deal. And he says, let's, let's go ahead and make a, let's make a run at the the software world. And we related well to it. Uh, just growing up around the industry, you know, we, we just, we ran with it. It was just like another, another mm -hmm. step. So, so then your dad, so when you, you started writing this thing, by the way, I think it's when you say we just started writing it, like you didn't go to school for coding and writing software, correct? Like that was not a thing. You didn't do it on the weekends, like for fun or something like that. No, right. (laughs) No, not, none of us. Um, no, nobody in the family actually codes. And my sister's very good at data, data queries and things, but none of us actually our engineers or coders or, or do any of that. We just know what the software should do. We understand right. the industry, right. um, you know, and, and how it can help service companies. Yep. So your dad still had, so you started this uh, dabbling in this software, but you, he still had the service business. It, it didn't, it wasn't a, it wasn't a right away thing mm-hmm. is what you're saying, right? You had, you were using the software a bit, you were growing, you were doing a little bit and then it was piece by piece. He wasn't out right away. That, that's right. Okay. That That's that's right. exactly right. Okay. Um, yeah. It, it was just for us. It was to make our business more efficient at that time. And then, um, you know, it started going well, and we just we ran with it. We decided to make it. It was our primary business. It has been for quite a long time. And then that was when? So that was when I was going to ask, how long was it like the in your family as your soul, as the business? How long was that? Um, so the, the company was, was in business over 25 years, okay. uh, of actually selling okay. software. All right. Yeah. All right. So you, so I, what I, what I love about Andy is so many perspectives. And so I want to get into some of them. So he's obviously been in the industry for a long time. He's done, he's in multiple roles within as a, in the service side, then getting into business side, starting up something and with the software, you have to know 
what what the industry, what they're doing, what the shops are doing and how they're working because you're trying to provide a product that's mm -hmm. going to better their business because if you're going to grow, they have to grow, right? So you also were involved in seeing different acquisitions in your career, right? And building businesses to a level where they can be either bought or taken by somebody else. And I know for a lot of people in industry and pest and lawn, that is a goal for them, right? A goal is to, a lot of people get into this um, to build a business that they can sell at some point in time. So my, my question is, in your experience and talking with people, is it something you set out right away and say, that's my goal, I'm going to do it? And, I, and, and if you do, and if that is, that, if, if that is your goal, excuse me, you're going to do it a little mm -hmm. bit differently, run your business, than others? Mm -hmm. or, or is your advice just, just run a good business? So talk to me a little bit about that angle. We just ran a good business. Um, honestly, we, our intentions really, we, we never thought we were going to sell the company. We never thought we were going to partner up with anybody. It, it wasn't in the, uh, it wasn't in the plans. Um, and then as time went on, we, we started noticing, you know, software just continued to, to really expand and grow and just sort of boom into the service, mm -hmm. you know, service industry. And, not, not just the industries we served, which was primarily lawn and pest, but we, we saw it in HVAC. We saw it, you know, electrical plumbing. We saw it um, just across a lot of service industries. So what we started seeing is there was really a massive consolidation going on in softwares. Um, and we just really wanted to make the decision long term what's going to be best for our customers. You know, yeah. and what we saw is, in, you know, when we decided to partner with with Service Titan, was, you know, what's going to be best for our customers long term? Who's going to be in this for the long haul? And we still saw consolidation going on with different softwares. So we we had concern, like, you know, if we sell to one one company and they sell again, you know, that's probably not going to be best for our customers. And um, you know, with Service Titan's model, we just felt like, you know that's not in their model, right? right they're they're, right. they're going to run a good business. They're going to grow. And that's what, that's what their goals that's are going to be. That's what the goal is. So, and, and that's what it has been. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So now from, from Stone, you're fine. So on, so that's on the software side, but on the, on, from a service business, from someone's owning, if I own a pest shop and I'm going into this and I'm mm -hmm. saying to myself, you know what, I'm going to grow this thing and I'm going to sell it one day to one of these bigger brands. And that's my mm -hmm. game. Um, is it still the same advice in that regard? Run a good sound business or is yeah. it, is it pay more attention to margin? Like, do you do things differently? No, right. You just run a good business and you can get to whichever run end point business. you want. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Run a good business. It was it, even in our service industry many years ago. We we had the same mindset. We, you know, the intentions were not to sell. We just ran a good business. We ran a profitable business. You know, make sure you really take care of your turn rates. Make sure customers are happy. Um, that's the business we ran, and okay. um, it was the same thing. We just we All ran right. into an opportunity. Uh, the software thing was going well, and that's. You know, that's right. why we made the change. Yeah. So, so you obviously did this with your family. A lot of, I, I should, I don't know, maybe a lot is strong, but there's a significant number of these, of these, uh, you know, pest control company or lawn shops that are within a family, right? Um, this is a, this is something that we come across a lot. Um, and so I guess, um, any, any advice there for anybody that's with running, running right now with their family, they got sisters and brothers and fathers and, and mothers and everyone's involved. Did you find it to be particularly challenging or rewarding and any, anything you can offer in that regard since you did it for so long? Yeah. Um, you know, first and foremost, as you said, run a good business. 
Um, make sure you're staying profitable. Make sure you have happy customers. If you have happy customers, your churn rates are going to be very good. Uh, and even if you're not planning to sell, I, I mean, just kind of business 101, you just want to make sure you run a healthy company. And if you're running a healthy company that's profitable, that's continuing to grow, then what you're going to see is your business is valuable, right? If it's growing and customers are staying with you and they're happy and you have good employees that are happy, that's a healthy business, mm -hmm. you know? So no matter what kind of industry you're in or what you're doing, there's value in that. Um, and that value may be in the money you're making every day in that business right now, or that value may be down the road when you go to sell that business, it's, it's more valuable. Um, you know, so, and, and, um, you know, I would really encourage them to not veer too far off the, um, the beating path and get, you know, too outside of the industry, you know, just make sure creativity is good, but make sure you're falling within the mold of the business that, you know, one day, if you do decide to sell, you're appealing to other pest control or lawn care companies um, that maybe have somewhat of a similar model as you, right? So you, they want to, you know, if they're going to buy those accounts, they want to kind of mold into I see a saying. little bit of how they operate today. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Rather yeah. than, I see what you're saying. So it's good to try to stay one ahead and get ahead, but you don't want to get too far out of what mm -hmm. might be a, a norm. I'm using the word norm. Maybe that's not what I mean, but I that's see what right. you're saying, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. um, do you... I've just like it's always fascinating to me because like I have two brothers and like they're all entrepreneurial in their own way and we're always going back and forth. Did, did you guys was did you were you able to contain it? Like when you got together with your family, your sister, your dad, and you sat down or your families together, you you talking about business or were you guys able to just like shut it down at some point and just be a just be a family? Um. There's always overlap there. Right, always, I, I guess right? I would be, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I guess I'd be lying if I said, you know, Thanksgiving Day, like we try to keep it Thanksgiving Day, but I think at some point there's always a little bit of intermingle of um, business that kind of falls in there. But we, on the holidays and things, we kept it in check. But, you know, through the work week and um, even talking on a personal level, like we're talking all the time. It, it was, it was just always constant conversations. And I think in our minds, we did keep that separate. Um, some families can't do that. Uh, right. Right. You know, yeah. We well, were, I imagine it's, it's your life, yeah. you know, like it is your life, yeah. you know, but work is, is, is mm -hmm. a big focus of your life and a big part of your day. And if that part yeah. of your life and day is also with your family, it's a part of their life and day. So like, yeah. it's very difficult when things are part yeah. of your life. Mm -hmm. To, for it to not come up. I just, I've always found, I've worked, I've worked in a business, a couple that are family owned and operated and I saw some of the dynamic and, um, you know, mm -hmm. when all is great, it's great. But when it's those rough times, it gets real interesting, right? Because that's really where, mm -hmm. you know, cause the, that'll carry over. So, and I know in this industry, there's a lot of those shops that, that, that have that going. So it's always good to, to, to hear those, to, 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 to talk about those stories. Um, from someone that's been in this and watching this progress, like with different technologies and different ways to approach it and different ways they sell, you know, and, and subscription model plans and recurring revenue, all these things that are going on. Like, do you, I'm wondering like where you've seen the biggest change in the industry from when you were riding that truck, when you were going out there, where you see some changes, yeah. where you see the, still there's some core commonalities and, and, you know, we can talk whether that's service oriented or technical side, but I'm just from your perspective, looking back, what do you, what do you see? Wow. Well, you know, I, I, I've got a little gray hair right now, so I've been doing this quite a while. And um, 
there's been a lot of change, right? So if I had to boil that down and just sort of skinny it down to what are some of the biggest change I've seen, I, I've seen the industry, and, and I'm talking a span of 20 years, get really good at reoccurring revenue. Um, and, and boy, there's a lot of things that fall into that statement. Um, I've just really seen them say, does it make more sense to go to the quarterlies or go to the monthlies mm-hmm. from a profitability standpoint? Does it does it make more sense to bill a customer and combine services and just bill them out a, an even monthly rate, even though I may only go out quarterly or, you know, in different months I'm doing more or less things. Um, so they they've really caught on to the the spreading out the uh, the, the payment plans, if you will, mm-hmm. right, where it's mm-hmm. an even even monthly bill, and they've seen their growth rates grow and their retention rates improve. Um, by going to that. Um, and then what I, what I've also seen, you know, if I had to, if I had to go into that next subject of, um, I would say in the last 10 years is mobility. Uh, so, you know, way back in the day and some people still do, they mass print those jobs that, you know, they hand the technician a piece of paper and say, go do X, Y, or Z. And, you know, now we have mobile devices that are sinking down the jobs that they can start and stop that job. And, and it, it allows a service company to operate on a dime, right? So if the customer calls and can't be done today, they just and click a couple buttons in the computer and and boom, it's updated to the technician. And they know they don't go to that next. They right. go somewhere else. Right. Um, I see what you see. So mobile, yeah, like yeah. they're literally mobile. They can things change. They get update. They go They're They're not just have to yeah. come back to the office and see what's going on. Well, and, and, you know, not just syncing in mobile, it's like now you take pictures, right? A picture's, uh, what's the saying? A thousand words. And, you know, so that really gives a good description of what they did or the problem they're seeing they need to fix. So I I really feel like mobility is, you know, aside from recurring revenue, the two of them have got to be, you know, two of the biggest. And then I would say probably if I had to just, you know, off the top of my head, throw a third in there. That's uh, customer communication. You know, you've got clients going onto the web portals, seeing information, getting reporting. Um, you know about their account. Maybe maybe there's um, you know barcoding or data collection going on in the field, or you're you're marking down what materials or uh, chemicals were applicated for regulatory purposes. Um, I mean, I just could go on and on and on, right? But those three. Hmm. For me, over the stretch of 25 years, those are the three biggies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and there's there's so much more to add into that. I'm sure. But, no, uh, no, I'm sure. I mean, yeah. the what's interesting to me, the recurring one is interesting. And for someone that's seen this, mm-hmm. when you were first, when you first were really, when you first were starting in this, I imagine was it was it mainly like a a one time like these things are thought to be one time services. Like I, I still yeah. I still remember. And still now, like we're marketing for these companies that the biggest challenge, especially when you're talking residential, is to get them to think about this pest control or lawn, whatever it is, as a proactive measure. That what mm-hmm. you don't want to do is it doesn't you don't want it to be reactive where it's like I wait, it's like mm-hmm. your I always say it's like your health. You don't want to wait till mm-hmm. you have a problem because it could be worse than going and getting yep. your physical every year. Like so mm-hmm. what I tried to do is talk about the home like it's your body and it's like a physical. And you wouldn't wait for your body to get real sick before you get it fixed. You'd want it to be healthy so that you know you ward it off. So I'm wondering like what is that convert? How did that change over time with you? Did you see those conversations from the sales side? And, you know, I'm just curious to see how, how you guys try to flip that narrative a bit. Uh, so I, I, you know, they've, I, hmm. 
service businesses have tried to generate more predictable revenue in any way they can. And I, I wouldn't say that's the number one factor as to why you've seen it go reoccurring, but it's definitely one they enjoy. Um, but I, you know, think leaning back on the comments you just made, it's like, okay, I, I can come out and I can treat your property one time, but the reality is that's only good for so long. Right. Right. And it's a little more work for me to do it the first time right. than it is going to be for going back on an ongoing basis. Um, so when they look at that, you know, they, they've gotten creative to say, all right, if I'm going to come out and do it one time for you at all, it's, it's just, just an example. It's $300, right? But if you sign up on my recurring services, I'm going to come out for $125 every quarterly month or whatever. Right. right? So they're, they're offering, you know, a higher price tag on those one, one times and say, we'll do it. But the reality is that's really not going to solve your problem long term. Right. Now it's the same. And then the same thing in lawn care. Um, look, fertilizer is only going to last so long. Right. So historically they, they've tried to get customers on, you know, uh, way back in the day, four applications a year, and then it went to five, and now it's very commonly six. Mm-hmm. Right? They're they're really getting good at spanning that out at the right time frame with the weather and mm-hmm. the seasons, and mm-hmm. being on the state you're in, and um, just making sure it, it, they're making it as year round and as repetitive as possible. Um, so what what does that do to their business? Right? So now they're like, okay, well now we have planned work out there. Right. How many, how, how many technicians does it take to do that work? Um, you know, how many trucks do we need to go buy? Um, you know, then it's, it starts making their business predictable is what it does. Right. And yeah. it, and it's, you start yeah. to normalize some of the, the, the cash flow swings and revenue swings, because especially in mm-hmm. seasonality, right. If you're waiting for all of those calls in the summertime, the reactive ones, your, your shoulder months are going to be real or low, right? And then you got to you got to manage all that, and and with retention and keeping everyone happy, it, you got to make sure that you got business. So I I I noticed that um, as one of the bigger, you know, like when you come in and you treat a problem and it goes away, but they're still paying for it. So there is this weird psychological thing that's going on. It's like I'm paying for something. But I don't see you all the time, but it's supposedly working, right? But I imagine when someone looks to cut, if someone's in a situation where they're like, I need to cut money, where can I cut from? That's probably one that they're going to look at, right? Because it's like they're not here all the time. But um, I, I guess this is where it's more of the okay, but when it's there's the brakes are on, when we take them off – things will start to come back, right? So I guess you can't be afraid, and maybe this is a question, you can't be afraid to talk to the customer that way and letting them know that this needs to be an ongoing thing, right? That it's not just going to be fixed right away. Yeah, that that's correct. That's right. Yeah, yeah. and like you, you don't, and it's okay. Like some people are like, no, 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 you don't yeah. want to, you don't want to say it like, no, because then they feel like we're not doing the job. And I'm like, but that's the job, right? The job is keeping it at bay. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. 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 That's right. It's, it's, you wanted me to come out and solve a problem. So I'm going to keep, come out and keep solving that problem. Right. Now, you know, and I, I don't want to undermine, you know, especially a part of, of the pest control industry and, and some of the lawn. I mean, there are some one time, absolutely necessary services that are highly profitable for these businesses. So they do it. Right. So as you come in and you, you see some of these bed bug problems, you know, they're a little higher ticketed, but absolutely necessary to come in and do that one-time job um you know wildlife issues if a wildlife yep. comes in and damages the structure yeah, right yeah. you gotta fix the structure right. but you're not gonna fix that structure every month so um 
you know, that it, it's always going to be there, but they, they've gotten really good at even taking those one-time break fix type scenarios, right? Those types of services and saying, we also have ongoing services that are going to help in some other areas of your business, you know, and it's uh, the recurring revenue has been very powerful. So. Yeah. Uh, um, one of the, the other things in that line with increasing like wallet share and, and, and that out of home are these businesses that um, do other things. They're, they don't do your just your lawn and your pest, but they do your pool and they're doing all these things. And it's like it's almost like a one stop shop for all of my home yep. service needs, which uh, from a home from the homeowner side and residential side for me, um, I love that. Right. Because I get to call. I get to call Bob. Bob's going to come whenever, you know, whatever of, of my issues in my home, he's got it taken care of. And uh, I guess philosophically, conceptually from the business side, I'm like, wow, that makes, that's, uh, that's amazing. That makes obvious business sense. But I would imagine it's not as easy as it is in theory, because you can't just put chemicals on someone's lawn because you do it for pests, right? There are other hoops and stuff. Is that right? Because I would imagine other that's people right. would be doing this all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, every problem the homeowner or business owner has, um, you know, it's not a one solution fit, fits all sort of thing. You know, you've really, you know, integrated IPM, integrated pest management in particular, you know, they really do a good job of just identifying what the problem is um, and making sure you go in and just engineer a solution for that, for that customer. Right. You know, but, yeah. you know, general pest control management, and general on application, that type of general um, category, if you will, um, you know, there's definitely programs that you sign up, and and that's where we get back to the consistency I talked about. As you mm -hmm. look at your business, just make sure you're somewhat consistent in your recurring patterns and the the type of service work you did, and win by service, right? Win by growth, win by service, win by having good people, uh, and that's what makes your business valuable and more profitable. And what about in the, in the last bit of, of this conversation, like what about opportunities, you know? So like if I'm, if I'm, uh, whether it's lawn or pester, I'm in this game and, and I, I, I bring you in and I'm like, here's what we got, you know, here's our business got, you know, I'm doing a million bucks and, you know, I want to get to two or three and I'm, this is what I got. I know that I know the strategy is all different for every business and every size and everything, but what, where are there some are there things you're looking at right away, like indicators that you look look at as opportunities for growth or for success here? I mean, can you talk a little bit about what you see? And that, that also could be tied to um, an opportunity like there's new technology now coming out or or, you know, like what are what are some things that you would basically look at at a business to evaluate their health and say, I think you need to take advantage of these things to really get to that next level? Yeah, well, look, there, there's a lot of different companies out there being successful in different ways. There's not one roadmap, right? But when, when you look at the value of your business, what's consistently being seen is, you know, are you retaining that reoccurring revenue and are you growing that reoccurring revenue? You know, your one-time revenue does have a price tag on it. You know, it, it is worth something, but that reoccurring revenue is worth a lot more. So it, you've really got to look, you know, getting back to your question, you've really got to look at the model of your business, are you profitable, A. Um, B, I highly recommend any company to go out and get a good mentor in the business. You know, there, there, there's always somebody out there, in most cases, who's done it bigger and faster than what you've done. And there's a lot to learn. So if you, you attend some of these MPMA events or 
uh, even online, you know, blogging mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and uh, online interviews, mm-hmm. you know, you can really meet some fascinating people in the, in the industry who's been there, who's done that. Um, and these industries, amazingly, uh, people share. Um, I, I have not met really anybody who was not willing to share something unless you know, you're right in their back door. But, you know, on a national scale, there's somebody out there to help you and, and mentor you that says, I've been there and I've done that. And, you know, you can make your business model even better. So just know how is your company built? What are you really good at? What's really going to have that good long-term value of your business that mm-hmm. that's um, A, profitable and, and B, attractive, you know, if you're going to go to market one day and just, you know, stay on that path. Um, don't, don't get too distracted with things that um, are distracting, if that makes sense, right? They're going to slow down growth and... Right. There's um, always going to be those things, right? Always. They are. Yeah. 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 There are. Yeah. What about um, what about like staffing and and because to me that seems to me one of the most challenging things right in this especially in this world because the business is I always I would always say like once you get cooking like you know like you get you get you get some customers you get some good reviews you get some good word of mouth once you get cooking there there like there will be past problems. There'll be long, there'll be issues. People are going to call. Then the question mm-hmm. becomes, can you meet the demand when, when they're all calling you, right? When that number becomes mm-hmm. the number to call. And the only way to meet the demand is to make sure you can go out and service that demand and take care of the problem in a timely way. And that comes back to your team and your staff. Sure. And if you're in a business that is very, very seasonal, you know, or cyclical, and you have periods where you have a lot more jobs because you haven't built that recurring yet, that becomes a challenge, I imagine, right? So what what have you seen in that and how people are approaching that and 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 trying to retain and keep even through times where it can be a little unstable? Yeah. Um I'll share a past story at one of our one of our user groups, and this this was probably 10 or 12 years ago. Um, it was the exact same question you just asked okay. me. Right. It, so it's, it's been this. So it's been, this has in, been a, this has been a oh, thing. Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, I think recently I've seen it elevate a little more, but it's always been there. And, um, there was one of our users and he was just really well known in the industry and people consult with him and he was kind of a, kind of a jokester. He was, he was on our panel and one, one of the questions that the magazine asked him, cause they were running the panel, they said, how do you solve this problem? And, <laughs> and, you know, and uh, the guy, the guy grinned, and you know he he turned over his shoulder, and he he actually looked at Tony Massey and said, "Well, that is so easy to answer. I'm just going to let Tony take the lead on this." You know, and the room <laughs> started laughing because it's not it's not easy to answer. But I really felt like Tony had had it. You know, he was on this panel. He had a really good answer. He says, "You know what? We never stop interviewing." Mm-hmm. He says, "Even though we may not need somebody today, you know," he just said, "We we." Um, we're always interviewing. We're always looking, you know, and, and then even though we may find a really good person, we just, we just try to keep them there. We try to keep them in our back pocket. We try to just always have somebody there that's really going to fit the culture of our company mm-hmm. and really accomplish the things we want. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and I thought, I thought that was a really good answer. Yeah. So it's I like, that was a really right, good answer. Cause you never know, mm-hmm. right? Like you never know when mm-hmm. you might need someone and you find someone that's mm-hmm. a good fit because it is a fit too, right? It's not just mm-hmm. anybody. Um, and and in this in this 
sort of in this game in this world um what i always found interesting is that like it's not like where do you uh, people would say like well, where do i advertise uh, who am i advertising for what's the type of person you know what i mean and i said well you tell me you have your business what's the type of person you're looking for because if your training is right right you can get somebody mm -hmm. trained up i would imagine i was interesting i forget who i was talking to on an interview on the show they were talking about veterans as like a real strong focus in the industry mm -hmm. people are looking to veterans because you have mm -hmm. you know they go they, they've gone out into a field they're interacting with people right so mm -hmm. so and i i thought about that and i've heard about this in the industry before and I'm like that makes a lot a lot of sense. But there's veterans looking yep. for work. Did you are you seeing that in the in the industry in this bit? Like yeah yeah yeah. I mean the MPA the MPMA has um, an internal organization um, called PestVet. You know it's it's like an internal group within the MPMA that helps promote and um, they've seen a lot of success there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it makes and, it makes um, sense. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, and and you know I've I've heard a lot of different tracks of uh, folks in the industry like, hey, like this, you know this uh, this channel worked really well. You know, I heard a guy one time said we were we were looking people that had a biology degree because they kind of kind of had an interest in <laughs> you know biology and organisms. You know, and and he's like, you know, through the years we found some really good quality people that generate into management, and then. And then other folks, um, you know, I, I've heard recently it, it comes down to, you know, they're, they're, these technicians, they're, they're, they're family people. Um, I mean, geez, if they could just be off work at, you know, two or two or three o'clock when their kids right. get off school, like to them, that's valuable. Right. So we just created a flex schedule for them, right? you know, and we were, we were able to retain some talent. You know, I've, I've heard that I, and these are just a few examples, but yep. I, you know, the industry they're reaching, you know, and they're, 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 they're starting to realize just people are very valuable and it, it just, <clears throat> it just, uh, I don't want to use the word penalized, but it just, it really hurts them when they lose somebody because they got to yeah, be trained. And I then mean, the, for sure. you know, the customers and, you know, I, I even had a customer one time tell me, he says, you know, he says, I, it took me a long time to realize that my technician almost doesn't really even need to kill any bugs or make the grass green. He just needs to talk to the customer, make sure the customer really likes him and connects with him. Right. Or her. Yeah. Or her. And, and is knowledgeable. It comes across as knowledgeable, right? Because yeah. that's, that's yeah. like, I got to tell you, it really matters. Like I have a mm -hmm. pest control company that I work with in a lawn company and the pest control company, it's the same technician has been coming to my house for years now. Same kid. He's a younger guy. Um, uh, very friendly. Obviously, he knows me. He knows my house. He knows the problems as to which I had. And, and it's it is it's the analogy still of the doctor. Like it's your primary care mm -hmm. physician analogy. I know him. He knows me. She knows me. Mm -hmm. So he comes to my house, and when he when he talks to me, I feel better. I feel good. I'm like, okay. I'm like, yeah. what's going on? You know, I know him by name. Mm -hmm. So there's that matters. And if he were to all of a sudden the next time not show up at my house, and it was the same brand, same shirt, you know, but a different person. It would make me think something, and that's the point. You don't want the customer to think too much. You just want them to, mm -hmm. yes, come on in. Here's your payment. I'm done, right? You don't want people to be like, well, wait, why, why wasn't that guy? Because, And then I'm like, you know, and then you start going down that, what do I do about this expense? Rabbit? So it does matter. Um, so to your point, like, do if you have them keep them because it's much easier mm -hmm. to keep yep. right than to keep to sort of bring them in and that's a narrative i've been i've been hearing a lot yeah you know and it, it's it's tough uh it's really really tough because it is it is a competitive industry there's a lot of companies out there and they're all charging similar rates so i i think every company would would love to say i 
you know, I want to get a premium for my services. Therefore, I can pay my people better. Therefore, I can retain them better, you know, but there is a competitiveness of the industry that's there as well. And, you know, and they've, they've got to be competitive. Um, so just keeping technicians, keeping office staff, keeping managers, having that consistency, it's it's a tough nut to crack. Uh, it's something that the industry, you know, is always looking at and and um, always fishing for ideas. Yep. So uh, last question before we go, because um, the time happens and goes so quick, um, always uh, you have kids, right? They going there? Are they going to go into this world? Are they going to be in the industry or no? They, they, what do you think? Have they explicitly said anything about it to you or no? Uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, my daughter, uh, she's a senior in high school this year. I have a son that's a junior, another son that's in eighth grade. I have a daughter in fifth grade. So I'm, you know, I know it's the industry I've I have chosen for my path. It's something I've grown up around. Um, I think my kids are just so young; they don't know. They what don't they, even. Re- they yeah. don't know what they don't they know. Don't, right they don't now. know. They you know, know exactly. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> but the college visit's been fun uh, with my daughter, and she's she's asked me some questions about the industry, and I I my dad got um, inducted to the uh, PMP right. Pest Hall, Control Hall of Fame. Fame. And uh, so my daughter went with me. It was senior thing. She got to go to Boston, and you know that's cool. For that's a cool. Like wow, they're really um, doing. They're my family's important. Yeah. That, that, yeah. yeah. So, but she got to go to kind of a work of it and see him inducted and see me talk to um, just different business leaders I've known for a while at the event and and uh, yeah. So that's yeah, really you know, it's for funny. Andy, in high school, it's funny. Yeah. Like I, I, I would say, there's a point where your kids possibly recognize you for something else rather than just being like a dad, you know, and there's like mm-hmm. all this stuff that you give and have. Yeah. And then they're just like, Oh, would you have to work for that? Like what? And then I have a 10 year old and he's not there yet at all. Right. He sees me doing stuff and he'll ask random questions. In fact, it's interesting. Like I, my mom is a retired school teacher and she, the, her, she retired at COVID. And so they didn't have the ceremony for her until a little bit after. So we went and I remember sitting there. I don't know if you had this experience maybe when you were with your, watching your dad be inducted, but like, I see all these people get up and say all these wonderful things about how great of a teacher my mom was. Right. And you don't ever think about your parent or I've never thought about my mom as like a great teacher. Not to say I didn't mm-hmm. think she was, but like, she's my mom. I, I don't think about her, how she helps all these students every day and how she's helped her colleagues along along the way and like being a mentor to other young teachers and you hear all of this and you're like, wow, like I proud, you're proud of your mom for, 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 for doing all these things. But I think Mm -hmm. it takes some time to look at your parents in that way. So I imagine that was a really cool thing to see for your dad. Yeah, it was neat. Yeah, it was. Right? It was cool. Yeah, it was yeah. cool. Um, well, I want to thank Andy for joining us today. Uh, remind everybody out there that uh, for more info on this show, you can go to BeFieldFamous.com. Tell your friends, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, and remember, your success is fame-worthy, so come tell your story. Andy, thanks so much, man. Appreciate it.